You're listening to the HNC Let's Talk podcast, hosted by Dexter Brooks. Thanks for tuning in to HNC Let's Talk podcast. We partner with subject matter experts to provide candid conversations on health and lifestyle. Here at HNC Let's Talk podcast, mental, physical, spiritual, financial, and health are all connected. This episode of HNC Let's Talk podcast is sponsored by HealthNet Co. Together, we make insurance simple. Philly, man, things are going very well here as well. We had, uh, it's gotten cold, man. Uh I actually had to throw another blanket on my bed last night. It's gotten cold. (laughs) Just like that, huh? I thought it was hot last time, right? It was. It was, you know, we had this change where we had started having some rain for the last few days in the afternoon, these heavy showers, which is perfect because it got rid of the fires that we had in the mountains, but it also cooled down everything. And it is, it has been cold. Hmm. Well, it hasn't been like that out here. It's been, it's still hot. It has not, (laughs) it has not cooled down down here at all. But you know, Colorado, it's always going to change like that until it actually changes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, the seasons change. And when they do, you know, sometimes it can be really, really abrupt. And, you know, that that kind of leads into um, kind of our, our topic here today that we were wanting to talk about, you know, so far. You know, um, and I'm so glad you brought that up on the table so quickly because I love the topic, which is good. Uh, financial Wakanda. <laughs> when you yeah. came up with that, I just, I was like, yes, 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 yes. It took Demetrius to hit it on the head. Yes. You know, and I, you know, I got to thinking about, you know, what, what would that look like? You know, I always talk to people about financial freedom and all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I'm a big Marvel fan, you know, so I, I love the old comic books and I, I love how they've been brought back to the movies and I can enjoy them with my daughter and that kind of thing. And so, um, you know, working in finance, I was thinking, you know, what would a, a financial Wakanda look like? And we talk about, you know, again, financial freedom, you know, and, and an advanced civilization with Wakanda, uh, you know, led by folks of color. And, um, you know, I got to thinking, you know, how would that manifest itself in real life? What would that look like? And um, I got to thinking about that actually a couple of years ago. and. Um, you know, that's kind of what, what led me on the on the path that I'm currently on. And, you know, I was like, well, what if there was a system that was maybe off to the side or an auxiliary system, a, a, a means by which, you know, people of, you know, of color could go to a financial institution and not be subjected to, you know, discriminatory practices or not have to worry about it as much? Um, you know, what if there was a, an auxiliary economy that was um, uh, cooperatively economically driven, you know, based on the principles of, um, you know, membership based um, uh, financial institutions like credit unions as opposed to banks, um, you know, talking about cooperative housing um, solutions and those kind of things. Um, you know, kind of what would that look like? And not to say that it would change everything for everyone, but that it would give people an alternative um, way to do business, you know, and kind of how would that look like and 
And how you're absolutely the, right. I mean, because that's something people don't even think about a lot, especially younger people that are coming into the entrepreneurship. Uh, the reality of how hard it is to do business when you're a person of color. Yeah, yeah, there are definitely some some challenges that I don't think that people that are not of color are fully aware of sometimes. And you know, it would be nice to say, you know, I wish that you know, even though my credit is not as good as you know, maybe my white counterpart, you know, maybe I could be extended the same rate, you know, just kind of in good faith, um, you know, as a, as a community credit union or something like that, to kind of take that approach to finances rather than having, you know, predatory payday lenders out there um, charging people um, usury rates and that kind of stuff. So, you know, when I talk about a financial Wakanda, what that looks like to me is freedom from an oppressive um, financial system that black folks are currently um, subject to. Ah, so shed a little more light on that for us. Well, you know, the, the way that I look at it, you know, there's a couple of things that need to take place in order for something like that to happen um, or, or a system like that to be set up. Um, and the first step I think has to come by um, education. People don't know what they don't know, right? So you have to educate people about how to create wealth, how to create generational wealth, do it on a micro level, deal with individuals and families, and then focus on a higher level of financial services. Create a system where um, when you have credit unions that are led by Black folks, that you have life insurance agencies and companies that are led um, and owned by black folks or people of color. And, you know, that's a way that you can re <clears throat> reorganize the financial landscape if everyone was kind of on the same page. Um, you know, and I think overall, it would be something that wouldn't need to be done legislatively. The, the laws already exist to, you know, make something like this happen. Um, it's just that it would need to be a coordinated effort. Um, so, mm -hmm. again, Absolutely. The education piece has to come first and then the implementation piece has to happen. And then you have to have uh, what they call smart goals or, you know, measurable, attainable goals. Um, and to uh, make sure that you're you're checking up on your progress along the way and making sure that, you know, um, you're beginning with the end in mind and saying, hey, if we want financial freedom, what does that look like? and then work backwards from that and then take the steps forward from that spot, the actual actions to make it happen. You know, I'm so glad you brought this topic up because when I was, when I started into insurance, when I get, got into Colorado, it's probably been <clears throat> probably now I've been in Colorado probably 15 years now. So when I started into the insurance and I then I decided to branch out onto my own into the insurance, there were only a few black agents in Colorado. And there were only a few black agencies that still existed. Right. And the ones that did exist decided to stop because they said it was so difficult. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't difficult on the financial side for the financial uh, backing. It was difficult because of what was happening within the insurance industry. Mm. 
So was it a situation where they were having difficulty adapting to a changing economic climate or was there laws that were changing or, you know, what was? Well, the gentleman that I had spoken to always had came back with the same same storyline. That storyline was that they never were able to partnership with the insurance insurers the way their white counterpart. So, I'm glad that you brought that up because that is something that I've run across, that I've seen, mm-hmm. that I've witnessed. Okay. So just for those people that are not in the industry and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I believe what you're, what you're talking about is where um, an, an individual has a life insurance agency and maybe he's wanting to um, expand or, or you know, create his own almost like franchise. So like with, with certain life insurance agencies or certain companies, if you want to partner with them and sell their product, then and create an agency and a team of people, you can do that. But oftentimes the insurer, the company themselves, doesn't necessarily want to grant an agency to that advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen that before. Um, I've seen it to where uh, a gentleman was next in line to take over an agency. A guy was going to retire. And um, I won't say the name of the company, but this guy is going to retire. And um, this this black guy was next up in line to take over this agency. And um you know, it's kind of like a law firm, you know, it's like you take over a practice. Yeah, and absolutely. It's like that. you're taking over this book of business. You're taking over all these agents that work for the agency and that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, and they make similar money to attorneys, too, um, depending on the kind of practice that you run. <laughs> <laughs> they do. And so what happened was this black gentleman um, was next in line. This guy retired for the second time. He retired once before and he retired the second time. And um, this other gentleman was supposed to, t- t- to take over the agency. And they, the, the insurance company, the insurer, put such strict requirements on him that he could not uh, run the agency by himself. So they yeah. wanted him to partner with someone else. They wouldn't let him run it by himself. But he had been at the agency for, you know, 10, 15 years. I mean, yep. he was next, you know, next in line to take over that agency. And the insurer was like, no, we don't know about that. And so, you know, for me, I said, man, and then he ended up leaving that agency and no longer worked for that insurer and went to another insurer. But yeah, there's it, there definitely does seem to be a glass ceiling um, in, in with certain companies um, and just within the industry in general. I won't even say with certain companies. I will say- yeah, just, the- it's, well, I guess that's correct. It's within the industry. There are different standards within the industry. And that's one reason why I was so happy that I was glad when the ACA came about because it sort of standardized a lot of things on the back end. Mm-hmm. But when they gave capable, when they gave the option for states to have their own marketplaces, it sort of broke that piece of. I don't know. Um, I guess I can call it that. It broke the chain to the point where. Federal and state don't operate the same. Right. And they really should. 
Personally, I say they really should. Yeah, and I I think that they sh- I think they should. I think that there's certain things that you know I actually I, you know when it comes to that stuff I'm actually not sure. I haven't given it much thought as to you know how that should be handled because I know you know on the investment side of things um, like we talked about before there's certain licenses that are regulated um, at a federal level and there's certain licenses that are regulated. At the state level. At the state level, correct. Yeah, so Series 65 is regulated at the state level. Um, and, you know, I think once you get up to a certain amount, you might get, you know, to the federal level. But for the most part, Series 65 is registered at the state level. And so, um, but as a broker, as a Series 60 or a Series 6 or Series 7 guy, um, you're, you know, that's regulated by FINRA and which used to be called the NASD. It used to be called the National Association of Securities Dealers. And now mm-hmm. it's FINRA. I think it's the financial institution or financial institution and something, something, I don't know, agency. I forget what FINRA stands for. I should know that. Um, but they changed the name several years ago and they've changed the licensing requirements over the last couple of years, I've noticed as well. Um but yeah, the industry itself is changing. And so um, oftentimes to kind of speak to another level that makes it prohibitive for smaller minority agencies to get going is sometimes that, you know, as legislation changes, you know, they have to have a compliance team. You have to run these agencies, you know, like a law firm. And so, um, you know, if properly organized, they can be quite lucrative life insurance agencies. Um, and they can be a tool, a means by which to recirculate dollars within a community. And that's kind of what I'm looking to do. Uh, one of the cash flow streams that I want to create for um, some of the projects that I'm working on, uh, like the credit union and all that, is a life insurance agency like and a financial firm that has several parts to it that will um, allow the you know to fund some of these um, you know affordable housing projects. Um, you know, provide loans to people at a, at a decent rate and that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, all of these things are tied together. And I've just gotten to a point basically where, you know, I've reached maximum capacity for what I can do for myself. So I've enlisted the help of a couple of teammates to kind of help out and kind of grow the agency with me. And, you know, they're all on the, we're all on the same page and looking to um, do some really positively impactful things um, in small communities of, uh, of color throughout. Of the country. And I think we want to start in Denver um, first. No, that's great. I mean, that's congratulations on that. I think that you, you know, when you reach that point that you can't do it all by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It took a while to get to that point because, you know, sometimes, you know, you have ideas and you have projects that you want to work on and then you're like, oh, you know, and, and, and you get to a point where you're like, well, I can't just do this by myself. I need some other people to help me out with this. And so as I've been sharing the idea with other people, um, you know, people have decided to come on board and help out. And, um, you know, I, I really want it to be a team effort. Um, you know, I'm just coming off a time where I was basically volunteering full time for three years. And so, um, you know, I'm rebuilding my, my financial temple, as it were. And so I'd like to do that with, um, you know, with the community and, and show them how, um, you know, I, you know, you can leverage some of the things that I've learned over the last 20 years to create wealth on both a macro level and then also on a, uh, or on a micro level and then also on a macro level.
You know, so just just to uh, circle back a little bit because I want the want the audience to understand something. Like you and I, uh, Demetrius and I met a few years back, two or three years back, and we had planned to have lunch, get together, and sit down and talk. It never happened. Never happened. Three years later, here we are. Here we are. I'm persistent, man. And so, you know, with with all that stuff that I've done in the meanwhile, um, you know, it has put me on the board for that Colorado Secured Savings Program and all that. That, you know, that was huge. Um, I don't know that I'm going to continue being on that board. We talked about that the last podcast. Um, I think that there might be a better way in which I would be able to be involved in that secured savings program. And um, uh, we might talk about that in another podcast, but um, there, um, you know, there was a four year commitment to be on that board. And so normally with um, boards that you're on with the state, um, you know, you want to be careful not to have any conflicts of interest or anything like that. And so. um, Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's something they're supposed to actually investigate right up front before they even allow you to join the board. Right. And so for me, the first time I was on the board, I was pretty sure that I wasn't going to be able to or that I was going to be able to avoid all conflicts of interest. And I was like, oh, you know, it's, it's no big deal. I'm volunteering. And um, it's something that I'm passionate about and it's something that I really want to be a part of. Um, but, you know, as I'm moving forward in my business and doing other things, you know, I have to make sure that I am focusing my time on revenue generating activities because, um, you know, you can do all the planning in the world, um, but if you don't implement your plan, then it's all for not. And so for me, I'm at a part of my plan to where uh, I'm limiting a little bit of my volunteering of time and focusing more on generating income to create the impact that I feel like, you know, needs to happen or that I feel like I'm able to, to create, or at least not necessarily just me, but whoever wants to be involved as well. You know, I think, you know, I want it to be a cooperative thing. I think I might be one of the only life insurance agencies that's organized as a public benefit corp. And so, uh, which is a B corp. And so people talk about LLCs and C corps and S corps and all that. Uh, A little known organization uh, type or whatever is is a B corp. And so, you know, we do want to profit. So we're not nonprofit. We're not a a non-for-profit. So the goal is to profit, but it's just a matter of what we're going to do with those profits. And so we're cooperatively owned and we're also um, a public benefit corp. And so that, you know, I reorganized because I said this really fits what I'm trying to do because, yeah, you know, I do want to profit, but I I want to, um, you know, put those dollars to a really positive use, to good community uh, use. So that sort of turns back into where you come from with with the uh, financial Wakanda is because of the fact you just have to make sure you're being more persistent and focused and not giving up on your passions and your dreams of being financially independent and learn. Like my parents always say, if you can't go over the mountain, go around it. It may take you a little bit longer, but you still get to the other side. You still get to the other side. And what is <laughs> Now, what I think it was, what was it, Montel Williams? He said, move mountain. He's just talking about, you know, telling that mountain to move. <laughs> <For those laughs> who- 
For those people <laughs> of faith, you know, a mustard seed of faith, you can tell that mountain to move. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but absolutely by any means necessary, they'll get to the other side of that mountain. And so, you know, I think that, um, you know, again, with financial Wakanda and what that looks like, you know, to me, that looks like um, financial freedom for people of color within this system. But there's one thing that we as people of color that need to recognize is that we don't work well together. We don't try to work well together. That's the thing. We don't reinvest in each other the way that we should. We don't put the funds back into those communities that are communities of color. And, I and we need that, to learn how to do that. I think that's I think that that's true. And I think that, that I think that that can be true. I think that that black folks can work well together. I think Absolutely. that we struggle with working well together sometimes. And I think that that's the result of a number of different things. Um, I think another that, podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's another podcast. The root cause analysis of, of why that is, is is another conversation. But yes, there are areas for improvement within the black community for us to work together. And you know, I I was thinking to myself and, and talking to a couple of my friends that are um, African immigrants. And we were just talking about how, you know, it would be awesome if African immigrants could, um, you know, kind of build a bridge here locally uh, with African-Americans that are here and, you know, kind of, you know, join cultures and enjoy each other's company and then financially build some strength here in the United States. And then also um, create a, a bridge, um, you know, from here to um, to Africa. Uh, for those people that are immigrants that want to help out their communities, um, you know, that we might be able to create a way to, um, you know, on a, on a big scale, you know, I'm a, I, I'm a, I'm a dreamer. Right. And so uh, you gotta, you know, begin, again, begin with the end in mind, what does Wakanda look like? Right. And so in my mind, you know, I'm like, all right, wouldn't it be nice if the wealth of, of Black America and, and whoever else wanted to be involved uh, was able to um, create um, uh, an Africa that was independent, that was, you know, not so dependent on Europe or China or, you know, that they could, you know, kind of stand on their own as their own uh, economy. And, um, you know, I, in the end, I think that that would be, you know, to me, that would be a nice a nice goal to have is to to make it to where um, you know African Americans and Africans got along and to where um, that we created a financial stability here in the United States and then to where um, we were able to create commerce and a mutually beneficial relationship with uh, folks in Africa. You know, on a legislative standpoint, you know, from a from a law or you know, you know we talk about politics and stuff. It would be nice as a form of reparations if they said, well, if you're an African-American business here in the United States, that maybe you could do um, free trade with Africa, that you don't have to worry about taxes or tariffs on anything. You know, um, I think that that would be a good way um, to, um, you know, a good gesture. We'll put it that way. As we as people talk about, you know, reparations is always a topic of conversation um, as of late and, and tends to be in, you know, 
every 10 or 20 years, the conversation comes up and what does that look like? And so, um, you know, does that look like giving, you know, cutting folks a check um, or does it look like, um, you know, changing financial structure or, you know, changing the, the financial infrastructure, um, you know, and providing some boots uh, for folks to lift themselves up by uh, those bootstraps? Yeah, absolutely. Because like I say, the thing is, one of the most important thing that I tell people is that if you can't see it, if you can't visualize the end of what you're trying to achieve, mm-hmm. then you have no vision. You right. cannot create a business without trying to visualize what the end results are. And that, that end is not always about the green that comes with it. Right. Right. But it is about planning and basically making sure you're structuring everything in a plan that lines up to where you want to get to within two to five years or 10 years. And you can't give up. That's the thing. Like I said, you can't give up by going over that mountain. You got to continue to work at it. You have to. And, you know, one of my goals years ago, um, you know, I went to the Federal Reserve Bank uh, with some kids um, with operation, this organization called Operation Hope. And, um, we're talking about, you know, Black Wall Street and stuff. And we did a, a, an event with the kids and then taught them about that. And there's this big stack of money in uh, the Federal Reserve in Denver. And it's got like, I think it's $30 million or something like that, right? I think it was, yeah, I think it's $30 million. And so, <laughs> and so wow. I said, okay. and so at that time, I got the idea, you know, I saw the stacks of money and I got this idea. I said, you know, I want, because I was in volunteer mode, I'm in, you know, you know, I'm, I'm out there joining all these organizations and, and, and trying to be, you know, good citizen and all this stuff over the last couple of years. And I said, you know, what I'd like to do is I want to create $30 million worth of impact. I said, I want to help $30 million of impact, you know, to the state of Colorado, one way or the other, like positive impact. And so, again, Fast forward three years, I'm on this board and, you know, this secured savings program is set to have a a $10 billion impact over the next 15 years. And so that worked out pretty well. Um, I said, you know, I I said that I was going to be a part of something or, you know, help to create that. They were not just me that helped to create that impact. There was a lot of people involved, but just being a part of that secured savings program um, you know, was something that I was really proud and, and happy to be a part of. And it's something that I think, you know, 10 or 15 years from now um, will be hugely impactful um, to uh, the state of Colorado. So, you know, when I when I started out saying, hey, I want to create impact, how am I going to do that? I didn't know how I was going to do it at the time, but I thought, you know, it might be good to uh, get in contact with some people that um, you know, were agents of change that I saw to be good and, and positive people in the community that were also um, politically involved. And so, um, you know, that was a really good thing. And so now the next step of my plan is to, um, you know, help move toward that, you know, financial Wakanda, however you want to call it, you know, at least how it looks in in my mind, you know. And so, you know, it's 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 been fun, but you know, now it's 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 time to move on to the phase two of the plan, and so having a, having a plan for whatever you're doing is you know especially when you're planning for your own finances is is hugely important. 
But if you're trying to create impact, um, you know, having a plan is is hugely important as well. And so absolutely. Yeah. So when you're trying to plan out Wakanda, you have to, you know, it's a big thing. And you have to be willing to bend over backwards to make sure that you team up with other people like you're doing now. That's the most important thing. You have to realize you have to realize when it's time that you can no you can no longer carry the ball yourself. Right. Exactly. And that's why, you know, um, and I, you know, I want to thank you, Dexter, for just allowing me to this opportunity to co-host and be a part of um, HNC Let's Talk because, you know, it's a platform that, you know, I can um, kind of let folks know um, what I've been up to and let folks, you know, share ideas and kind of let me know what they're thinking. Um, you know, I, I work well in, you know, generally small groups. You know, I like to work by myself. Um, <laughs> I like to work by myself. But, um, you know, when things get outside of the scope of what I'm personally able to do, then I work best in, you know, in small groups. And so, you know, when I talk about, you know, that first level of education, you know, that first level of Wakanda being education, you know, financial literacy needs to be in the schools. It needs to be taught to black communities. Financial literacy needs to be a part of school. It needs to be a part of work. It needs to be a part of home. Everybody needs to be up on, you know, what it means to save and how to invest. It just has to happen. Second, I feel like financial institutions need to be created again and run by folks of color. Um, I think it's important. Um, you know, black owned credit unions are awesome. Um, I think that there needs to be a national federal black credit union. Um, because black folks only occupy about 10 or 15 percent of the space. And so, you know, economically, we're kind of at the bottom of the rung. And so having all these financial institutions um, is not as impactful as it could be if there were maybe one to three like large credit unions or banks um, that we could look to nationally. And nowadays we have the technology to have online credit unions and online banks. And so it's easier than it has ever been before to create these financial institutions. And so when we talk about financial Wakanda, um, you know, they were, a, you know, Wakanda was advanced. You know, they didn't have, um, you know, when we talk about financial institutions, you know, I, I want uh, black banks to be on the leading edge of um, what that looks like. You know, I want, you know, you know, contactless, you know, payments and that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't want us to have the, you know, the oldest technology. I want us to have the newest technology and I want us to be the most efficient because, um, you know, being black folks, we have to, you know, be as efficient and focused and concentrated with our dollars on the micro level and the macro level to accomplish or, you know, or to achieve, we'll call it a financial freedom. Um, and so I think that, um, you know, it's all coming together. Folks are getting together. People are getting excited. Um, you know, the life insurance agency is coming together. We are a group of five now. Um, wow, that's that's pretty quick. Because like like to think the last time I talked to you, you was more like you was at the three point. You was at three, and now it's five. Yeah. Then so now there's five. There's a young man, um, isn't a young man by the name of Solomon. He um, he came on board, and I I, I ran into him and. He's got an interesting platform or interesting um, ideas that I think are going to be really helpful and useful to the agency. 
Um, I don't know how much producing he's going to be doing, but he's going to be definitely part of the team and, and helping out um, and, and helping to grow the agency. And so that is going to be really, really exciting. So, um, yes, I look forward to working with Solomon. And uh, there's also Coca Collins. Um, she's a nurse. And so she recently has uh, become a life insurance agent. And so, um, you know, she's been out, um, you know, getting her hands dirty and that kind of stuff. And so it's been a little challenging with COVID and all that uh, to be creating a new life insurance agency. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, it's been good. It's, it's been um, challenging in a good way because it has allowed us to use the technology. It has forced us to use the technology available to be as efficient in creating the agency as possible. So as it grows, as the agency grows, um, you know, we will already be, um, you know, up and running with the latest technology. There's a artificial intelligence component to our platform um, on the financial planning side of things. Um, yeah, we got to find out what that is. Okay, we're talking artificial intelligence, so we know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, we want when, when there's so much at stake, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, trying to create financial freedom um, for yourself, not only, you know, not only for yourself, but for a community. And so I wanted to have empirical data. I wanted to have something that would prove out on a, on a model that if this were to be done, that this would be the result. And not to have it just me saying it, but to have it proven out and to have all the data to, to back it up. And so first, you know, I'm going to take this first group of folks. Um, it's going to be maybe, I don't know, probably about 25 or so, 25 to 50 folks um, that are going to be piloting the, um, the platform and the software and everything. And the goal is to help to um, basically create millionaires. The goal is to create millionaires. Um, the goal is to take a group of, of 25 families or so and to say, we're going to look at where you are right now and we're going to look at where you're at like in three years. And we're going to not necessarily create millionaires in three years, but to put them on a path to be millionaires and to be able to show a certain degree of progress over a given period of time. And so, um, you know, it's going to be kind of like a, what do you call it? Professor X. Um, <laughs> you know, for, you know, talented, uh, talented people. And so financially talented people, or they will become financially talented, exceptional people. And so, um, you know, that's what the software is going to help do is going to help teach them how to plan like a financial planner and help to, create a, a living financial plan um, that adapts and changes with them and their living their circumstances and puts them on a path to financial freedom. And so the goal is to start out with 25. I'd like to get more. Um, you know, I'll see. So we have room for 20 more people right now. So the, the goal is to have 25. So we have room for 20 more people. So that means that 20 people that are listening, here's one thing, here's first step you need to do. Reach out to us. Reach out yeah. to the Demetrius Raiden Johnson or reach out to Dexter Brooks uh, so that we can give you that information that you need to know. What do you need to do to get started to that financial freedom? What pieces of the puzzle have you got to put in your bag, not just in your backpack, and put in your backpack so that you can start that journey into financial freedom? Yeah. 
Yeah. And the first thing is to reach out. The first thing is to reach out. You know, I'll provide I'll provide some tools. I'll provide some education, um, the financial planning software I'll be offering. Uh, we, the goal is to, to be launching this in October, um, sometime in October, hopefully the middle of October, um, because I want people to start thinking about 2021. And when I'm planning for my next year, I, I like to do it three months in advance. And so, um, you know, I, I want to start this program um, with as many people as possible um, in October. And, um, you know, we're also going to have kind of a check in, um, you know, right around tax time as well, because from October through April 15th of next year, if they don't push out the tax filing deadline again, um, you know, I want to you know, measure a certain degree of progress, even, you know, along that period of time. Um, and then we also want to have conversations about what are we doing and how can we create wealth with our tax refund money as well. And so, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting program. Um, it's part of a, you know, a debt to wealth um, program that um, I've come up with and been working on for the last couple of years. So it'll be really fun. Definitely reach out to either Dexter or myself. Um, if you're interested in that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is that another Dexter? Because Dexter's not a common name. So there's another Dexter. <laughs> no, you, Dexter. I'm talking oh. about you. You're okay. You too. <laughs> 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 I'm talking about you out there. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, and so anyway, um, that's, that's definitely, you know, part of Wakanda for me, at least the way that I've engineered it. Whenever I had this question and I've recently posed this question publicly, but you know, this is a question that I've had in my mind for a number of years. You know, what does that look like? What does financial freedom look like? Um, not only for myself, but for my community. And so, um, you know, I'm going to lean on my 20 years of experience and I'm going to lean on my, my community and I'm going to lean on, uh, you know, people that I know professionally to, um, you know, see what can be done about doing that um, locally. And like I said, the goal is to start, you know, in Denver, um, you know, working with folks that are interested in improving their financial situation, working with folks that, you know, are maybe wanting to, um, you know, they, you know, they want to experience financial freedom. They want to know what that looks like, or at least they want to go through that process. You know, a lot of folks haven't actually gone through the process of talking with a financial coach or financial professional. And I think that it's something that people should at least go through the process, even if they don't implement the plan. But I hope they implement the plan. I, you know, I want them to implement the plan. <laughs> At the very minimum. Go through and the what's, a, what's a good email address for you? I'm going to post it out here. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's Demetrius uh, D squared. Uh, at gmail.com. That's my personal email. It's like my Gmail account. That's not even my my business one. Um, I'm at a point where, um, you know, because I reorganized from an LLC to um, a public benefit corp, I've changed my domain to a .org. Um, and so um, it's going to be uh, dsquaredfinancial.org that people will be able to find me and search me up at or whatever. Um, but um, for the time being, anybody can email me at DemetriusDsquared at gmail.com. Um, or they can reach out to me. They can text me 
722-1290. I normally don't answer the phone very much, but if folks text me, um, you know, normally I'll get back to them um, as soon as I can. Um, Solomon can attest to that because Solomon reached out to me twice uh, before we decided that we were going to be working together. And um, he reached out to me once and then uh, we, you know, we scheduled an appointment and, um, and I had, you know, something come up or something. We, we missed each other. And then we had to schedule another appointment and, um, you know, it, third time's a charm. And so I was really glad that we were able to, um, to connect. So if you message me or text me or whatever, I'll get back to you right away. I'll just keep trying um, and I'll, I'll get with you. Um, but yeah, anybody interested in collaborating and, and, and kicking back ideas about what a financial Wakanda would look like. And especially folks that I'm looking to talk to are folks that are um, black folks that are um, uh, financial professionals. Okay. So, you know, from the community, the ask is, yeah, reach out to a financial professional, go through the process of whoever that is, whether it's me or whoever, you know, whoever else is going to be. There's only so many black folks that are financial professionals in Colorado. So, um, <laughs> all right, that's it. <laughs> whoever you talk to is going to be somebody I know or this part of the team anyway. So, um, you know, reach out to <laughs> reach out to um, a financial professional, uh, go through the process. I'd love it if you did it with me, but definitely do it with someone. Um, so that is what it needs to happen on the micro level. And then second step, what needs to happen is myself and my cohorts, um, financial professionals, need to establish that network of, of professionals that is going to work in a collaborative way and with the same um, goal in mind or the same orientation at least not necessarily i'm not necessarily looking for everybody to share my goal or share my my dream um, but um to be it's what you bring to the table that makes a difference it's what brings you bring yeah what you bring to the table makes a difference and that we're similarly oriented that we have you know at least are headed in the same direction. We may not have the same goals, but at least we're headed in the same direction. It's difficult to work with people that are headed in the opposite direction as you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. We gotta be at least working in the same direction. So we gotta be at least facing the same way. And so, um, you know, and what that looks like is, you know, are you community oriented? Are you someone that, you know, are you wanting to change your career? Maybe do you want to work in, um, you know, in insurance? Um, do you want to go get your licenses? Um, are you already licensed? Um, you know, that kind of thing. And so um, there needs to be a little black book, maybe a black financial professional specifically, I think. Um, and that would be, you know, both real estate agents, investment professionals, CPAs, all those folks. Now you can also reach out to us at the, uh on the website, which is agencylesstalkpodcast.com and, and just re, uh, look for a contact and that email will come straight through. Uh, you can also visit us at uh, healthnetco.com. Yeah, yeah. So, so we have every avenue in the world. Now, now, Dexter, when you think about, you know, financial Wakanda, like what kind of comes to mind to you? I know, I know it was the name it just kind of came up and we were kind of talking about it. Um, you know, I was like, Hey, this maybe should be, you know, the topic of, of, of the day. Um, and I think that this conversation maybe will go on beyond today's conversation, but you know, kind of what, what are your thoughts about financial Wakanda? What that might look like? I mean, I, it falls right in line to what you exactly saying. And that is the idea of bringing people in that want to be able to find other avenues to 
earn a revenue. And this is one of those avenues. This is one of the best avenues that I've ever seen because personally, it gives you, it's not only the financial freedom that you can have, it's also the idea that you have the freedom of working for who? You. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and for me, um, you know, I as I'm building my agency and as um, you know, I'm working with folks on the the investment side of things. You know, the goal is to also for those small businesses that are out there, the financial professionals. You know, every every small business, in my opinion, needs to have a CFO, a chief financial officer, or a CIO. That that has that has kind of gone away um, as a, as a title, but a chief investment officer, um, and you know I think now they reference CIO as chief investment or what is it information officer, um, but it used to be chief investment officer. And so you know small businesses need to maybe have a, a someone that they can consult that you know as they're putting money in the bank that they are also allocating some investment dollars as well. Um, yeah. you know, because business don't grow if you take all the money and put it in your pocket and decide to put it in your own personal account. You do have to invest back into your business. It's very important. It's very important. So as you're as you're you know dealing with your own family dollars, you know, and, and building that financial house, you know, your your business too needs to have an investment component to it as well. That's a way that you can help your business grow and increase you know, increase revenue is to have um, an investment portfolio. Uh, you know, we talked about cross-purchase agreements with life insurance and, and, and attorneys buying insurance on one another and, and, and building cash value in those policies. But then there's also um, a way where businesses, you know, can have an investment portfolio. And so, um, you know, people need to be aware of what that looks like and the tax implications of that and, and how that can be um, also beneficial for them as well. Um, so, yeah, you know, that's a lot of what I do with people is, you know, deal with them with their home stuff and then deal with them with their, their business stuff. But um, when you're talking about financial Wakanda, you know, we need to be, again, having the conversation at all levels. We need to have it with the children and educate people. Um, you know, if, if your plan is to create Wakanda, then that's something that, you know, you got to you got to start young. You know, you got to think about the future. And so education is a, is a key component. And so, um, and then, you know, just organization, getting everybody on the same page and, and committing to saying, hey, we're going to, we're going to get our financial house in order. This is the priority is to create wealth in the community. Once everybody says, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're committed to doing. Um, then it's just a matter of, you know, how are we going to do it? We're going to, you know, leverage and use the tools that we already have available, like the real estate that's already in the black community. Um, how do we leverage that to create wealth? Um, you know, these small businesses, how do we leverage uh, the revenue that's generated from these small businesses to create wealth in the community? Um, you know, have kind of a financial think tank is is kind of what D Squared Financial Group is, is is kind of, you know, folks just bouncing ideas off of each other and, and creating new uh, uh, ways or creative ways. And sometimes just tried and true old school ways of, of creating wealth on, on different levels. And so. I like, I like, I really like talking to the real estate folks because I don't know anything about real estate. And so when they, <laughs> when, they, when they tell me, oh, you can do this and you can do that. I'm like, what? I can do what? 
And then, you know, I've got some people that work in commercial real estate um, that I know that are friends and business associates. And they, they tell me all these things that you can do. And they're like, oh, yeah, you could buy an apartment complex and do this and do that. And, and people tell me about cooperative housing and all that. And I'm like, I, I'm not a real estate person. These are interesting ideas. I would love to help facilitate this to happen. But I myself don't necessarily want to be the real estate guy. And that, again, goes back to, you know, realizing your limitations and saying, hey, you know, you need some other people to come in and handle this side of things. Now, I'm going to throw one other thing out there before we get ready to wrap up. And what's important, and I'm going to say this to everyone, because most people don't know this. Um, it's important that when you decide that you want to reach, you decide that you want to become an entrepreneur or you want to start to build a financial Wakanda, that you also realize that you need to make sure you have in place that safety net in case something happens to you. Okay. And I say that from experience, and this is a podcast that uh, Demetrius and I talk about before, and it was like um, disability insurance, mm-hmm. life insurance, because these, and accident insurance, these things will happen. They will. they will happen unexpectedly. But when they happen, you want to be able to guide yourself and glide through it so that you can come back at the other end and stand up and keep going. Yeah, that's 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 absolutely correct. You you, you have to have that protection in place because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. You know, yeah. it's, not a, it's not a matter of if you're going to die. It's a matter of when you're going to die. It's not a matter of if, you know, I'm not going to say that any, everybody's going to become disabled, but most people at one point or another in their career will get to a point to where they've got to go on short-term disability or long-term disability or something. So you have to have proper protection in place. Um, Long-term care insurance, all those bases need to be covered um, as part of a complete um, financial plan. And there's there's ways in which you can have all those bases covered and and not, you know, worry about it breaking the bank, you know? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. And I say this to the whole world. We have had two wake-up calls on this during my lifetime. The first wake-up call was HIV. When AIDS came out, that was the first wake-up call. Yeah. Now we're in COVID. Yeah. This is the second wake-up call. Yeah. And 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 in both cases, you know, um, African Americans have you know caught kind of the short end of the stick at the short end of the stick on both, both situations. That's true. On the African-American was hit harder that that more died through HIV and AIDS and African-American again, a dying and being hit harder, harder in COVID. Right. And it's true. And so, you know, you have to look at the, you know, the affected groups, you know, and sometimes, you know, people ask, I say, because I, I had someone ask me about, you know, oh, my stance on, you know, the death penalty or whatever. And I said, well, look at the affected groups. I said, well, African-American males are the most exonerated group um, in the United States, meaning that they're cleared of, of crimes the most um, per capita. And knowing that, um, you know, I'm like, all right, when it comes to the death penalty, then that means that there is a high likelihood 
that um, black folks are being wrongfully executed um, at a higher rate than their white counterparts. And so I said, well, I don't know how I feel about the death penalty now. I said, you know, it seems like to me, and I looked in Colorado, and I'm like, the only folks on death row in Colorado are black folks. And so, <laughs> and so, you know, yeah, I, you know, I when I take a stance on on a particular position, um, you know, yes, you know, everybody's lives matter, um, you know, but I, you know, but at the end of the day, as a, as a as a black male, you know. You know, black lives do matter because they are, you know, when you're the most affected group when it comes to like AIDS and COVID and that kind of stuff, police shootings and everything else, um, you know, they they have value. Those lives have value. I think people need to change their mindset around how they view black lives um, because there are fewer of us. They should maybe look at us as being more valuable, not less valuable. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, I think that there needs to be a paradigm shift. There needs to be, uh, people need to change their point of view when it comes to black lives and that, you know, you know, when it comes to the all lives matter people, you know, when they look at a diamond or they look at a precious metal or something, it's because it's precious because there's less of it. Um, you know, think of it that way. You know, think of black lives as being precious because, you know, we are killed at a higher rate and because we die at a faster rate due to no fault of our own, um, due to being brought into a system that, you know, we didn't ask to be brought into. So, you know, and that that's a conversation for, you know, another day. But, uh, you know, I want I want, you know, I want people to, you know, to think about that. Um, when they think about financial freedom and setting themselves free, um, you know, what financial Wakanda kind of tying that all together, you know, what that looks like. Um, you know, like I would said in many, many podcasts is that, you know, in my opinion, time is your most valuable asset. And so freedom of time um, is financial freedom. If you're able to do what you want and need to do and have all your needs met, um, and have freedom of time. Um, you know, to me, that's financial freedom. Now, there are degrees of financial freedom, I suppose, where people are exceedingly wealthy. Um, but if you're able to, you know, for the most part, live like a working class person, but have the freedom of your time to do what you want to do, um, you know, I would say that someone would be okay with, you know, declaring themselves financially free at that, at that point. All right, so we're gonna get ready to wrap this up. What did you want to end with? On uh, what note you want to end up on? End up with today, Demetrius? Man, I've been doing a lot of talking. I've been doing all the talking. Um, what do well, I? Well, that's wanna... normal. You know that I give always give you the floor. That's the thing. I always give you the floor. Well, um, you know, I'd like to have uh, some more of these conversations. I'd like to, you know, maybe talk to the community. Um, you know, maybe on this platform and just. You know, have folks be able to chime in and, and, and get their thoughts about, um, you know, what a financial Wakanda looks like to them, um, you know, because it may look different than it looks like to me. Um, you know, some people are very separatist and they're like, no, we need to have something completely separate and black folks need to be over here and, you know, we need to have our own thing. And some people are like, well, 
you know, maybe we need to have, like myself, maybe we need to have an auxiliary system that's not totally separate from the existing system, but is an alternative too, that's off to the side, but different um, when it comes to, you know, maybe a, a different type of financial system or Wakanda-based uh, system. All right. So on that note, I want to thank everyone for joining us today at HNC Let's Talk Podcast. And again, you can uh, always find us on our Facebook page, our Twitter page, our Instagram page, as well as our LinkedIn page. That's HNC Let's Talk Podcast. And don't forget to, if you have any questions, you want to join in on this financial Wakanda that Demetra has been working on. And as I can see for myself, that it is beginning to prosper, that I definitely suggest either reaching out to him by email or myself. And the information is in the notes. And until then, I hope everyone have a safe and blessed rest of the week and be well. Thank you.